When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Hardy Honours. Uh, we are joined today by our good friend from Athletic Institute, Corey Green. We had Corey White on. All the all the whites and the greens and the, and the colours. And the colours. Colours of the Corys. The coloured Corys. But uh, before we get into what we spoke about today, uh, this episode is brought to you by, ah, oh, new sponsor alert, uh, Vibe Culture. Uh, wake up! It's a supplement. Um, uh, tropical punch. I've started having it uh, recently, and I re- I have it in the mornings. It's a bit like having a bit of a coffee in the morning. Yeah. I think Delby, after his recent trip to Bali, was meant to be a nice reset, but I think he's going to need it for a bit because he's got no voice at the <laughs> moment. So, uh, uh, but yes, uh, I've actually sent it over to Corey, and it's actually pretty um, pretty good, mate. Yeah, you actually did flick this to me to, to look at before, and um, yeah, it's actually got some pretty good stuff. And it's got no real um, bad additives. It's got obviously caffeine. That's why it's called Wake Up. Bit of caffeine in there. Mm. You've got your leucine, your isoleucine, your valine, all your proteins there, your amino acids, which is great. Uh, potassium. Yeah, but, but what they do say is that if you're hungover, specifically if you're hungover, it's really going to fucking get you jacked up. Yeah. Um, and I, that's why I say I think uh, Del- rehydration. Delby's going to probably benefit from that when he comes back tomorrow. Yeah, um, some plant extracts. Yeah, yeah cool. Oh, 100%. Uh, and tastes good. Mate, fucking... It's the most important thing. It actually tastes good, man. It's one of those things where I'm pretty pumped. I actually want to just drink it like a juice. (laughs) So I don't know if I should because if there's too much caffeine in there, they do have some recommendations about how much it doesn't taste good, you're just not going to drink it. But fuck, man. Vibe culture. Wake up. uh, Get around it. Um, Head to their website. Um, I don't know what it is, but I'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Anyway, on to the next sponsor. This episode is also brought to you by Kahuna Golf. You see on my hat there, uh, they have a... A discount code, HARDYARNS15. So if you want a 15% discount, 15% discount on uh, all of their attire, uh, Big Kahuna. Yeah, mate, it feels good. I don't know if you've seen some of the photos, Corey. But, um, I do love golf. I'm mm. playing Sunday. For them. Well, I've in. given you a hat, mate. So make yeah, sure you I'll, take a photo I'll be, and tag I'll be, them. I'll be wearing it. I'll be wearing it. Mm. It's bloody uh, – they're good, mate. It feels good. And um, their shirts, they breathe. Uh, it's that sort of um, that sort of silky – It's important for golf. You want to feel good. Oh, mate. Fuck. You feel good. You want, look you, good. you want to feel good on the golf They're actually working on some – you're going to play like shit, so you want to feel good. <laughs> they're actually working on some sick uh, retro designs coming up for the next um, batch. So that's going to be kind of cool. But anyway uh, – Kahuna Golf or Kahuna Co. Get there on their website and you'll find all their stuff. And then finally, uh, today's episode is brought to you by alltradescover.com.au. So if you're watching, you can see their beautiful logo behind Corey there. Uh, they will cover you as a tradie, uh, big business, small business, whatever you need. Um, if you you know lose your bloody tools on site, have an accident, as long as you're covered with them, they'll sort you out. They're pretty good. I don't know if you need any in a gym. Yeah, mate, like if someone hurts themselves lifting. I thought so. Do you have insurance? 
Yeah, we've got heaps, mate. Our insurance is a lot. Well, of maybe you should move over to Elliot Insurance. <laughs> all, all trades in, uh, cover. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, bloody always thankful for their support. John, Elliot, you're a fucking legend, mate. Um, so thank you so much for your support. But we were joined today by Corey Green from Athletic Institute, uh, a great man who is a strength and conditioning coach and now a dietitian, qualified dietitian. No, qualified nutritionist. Oh, uh, nutrition. I, did, I nutritionist. didn't want to go do the uni for another two years. So <laughs> I was my nutrition qualification. Nutritionist. So it's got... It's Quite a wanky term, performance nutritionist, but yeah, whatever. Fuck yeah, well you are a performance nutritionist um, I don't know if you can remember what we spoke about Because we spoke about quite a lot But it was a bloody good episode, do you remember? I do, yeah So we talked a bit about running So if you want a free running program There'll be something in there for you a bit later on So have a listen for that Yep We recapped uh, my sub 10 hour Ironman a little bit start mm. Yep We talked about alcohol We talked about a bit of pain tolerance stuff Yep um, Can we train it? Is it trainable? So that's those sorts of things Yep Overtraining um, Overtraining We talked a bit about overtraining We talked about some a recent documentary on Netflix which butchered fucking health and nutrition. I thought it was going to be really, really good. Yeah. You are what you eat. Mm-hmm. Really excited for it. Massive letdown for me. Mm. Um, just was poorly done. We talked a little bit about, about that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah, it was just good chat about health and lifestyle and just eating healthy foods. Just eat healthy, um, move a bit, um, drink a little bit less like alcohol and caffeine and you'll be sweet. Seems like balance is the key, Corey, to yeah. everyone's problems. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. But uh, very good episode. Thank you so much again for coming on. As always, I'm sure the listeners are going to love this one because they all love about health and nutrition. So, awesome. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Let's get hard. Welcome to Hard Yarns Podcast. I am fucking fat. <laughs> <laughs> Anything Chris White says, please <laughs> disregard it. 5D is actually a state of being. It's a unity consciousness. That was Hard Yarns with me, Frankie Rose. So I'm going to throw it over to your co-host. Daniel Adelby. And Cameron Brand. I would do this and then I'd gong. <laughs> Free in attendance for the millions listening at home. <laughs> Let's get hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've set it's I've taken some time to set it all up. Um, Corey. This is why. This is That's why you do what you do, eh? Exactly. So uh, the old uh, nine forty nine man. Yeah. Hmm. How yeah. was all that, mate? That's um Congratulations, because that's a that's a, an incredible achievement. Um, nine forty nine for a an Iron Man. Um, yeah, look, thank you. I wanted to quit the year before. Yeah, like, I wanted that to be my last one. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go sub ten, but in hindsight, the ego got the better of me, and I didn't work as hard as I should have. I think when you're in a grind state for such a long time, oh yeah, you you can get a little bit complacent with some things. I think I just was relying on previous history and previous training. Um, chronic training load and mm. just didn't get I got 10.02 10 hours and 2 minutes which which hurt mm-hmm. um, yeah so then I really didn't want to go around again um, and even like 2 or 3 months post I was thinking like do I do this like I said do you know what I've, I've said it out loud I've, mm. put, I've put it out there um, I want to get this done mm. and I trained really hard I started my swimming a lot earlier than normal normally I start like 4 months before the race um, I started probably 6.5 months joined a squad Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to the Breakers with Harry Clark. Thank you. Ah, oh, um, see Harry almost every morning when I get out of the sauna. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So I jumped in there five thirty every morning, or three mornings a week, and started with that because mm-hmm. um, I, I hate swimming. Can't stand it. Yeah, um, there's something about swimming, hey. Yeah. But fuck, it's good. Like it's, it's good. so good for you. It that. is good for you. Mm. Um, but yeah, like anyway. So the training, the training block went really, really well. I trained mm-hmm. hard. Got back to sort of like you know, put everything aside. No ego. Just just do the work this time and get back to. 
just working hard. Yeah. Um, so I got back into running sort of six days a week and riding the bike five, six days a week and swimming three to four days a week and really happy with preparation going into the race. I was a little bit disappointed with... I didn't feel great going three, four days in. I just did not sleep. Like, I got three hours on the Thursday night. I mm. got four and a half maybe on the Friday. And sleep's huge oh, for that, so hey? good. I felt really heavy the day before the race. And then I had a session, like an easy run, and it, yeah. hurt, it hurt. I was mm. like, oh, this isn't good. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm tomorrow. Um, yeah. And then I got, I reckon I got three and a half hours on the night. Um, so I reckon I fell asleep at like 9, 30, 10. That's not ideal. Not ideal. I reckon I fell asleep at 9, 30, 10, and I woke up at 1, and I was just like, I wasn't wide awake, but I was just tossing and turning. I just couldn't Nerves, get to sleep. maybe, or? Yeah, like it's hard not to, it's hard to get sleep. Mm. Um, and I'm, a, I'm an over-analyzer, so I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about a lot of things. But look, I got up and I was, I was pretty tired, but I know that adrenaline's going to get me through. And um, yeah, like I, I was swim-wise, I was in the best condition I've ever been for swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I swam like 50 seconds or a minute quicker, which is nothing. Yeah. But it was a lot rougher than it was previous year. Yeah. So I swam a quicker time and more efficiently, uh, which was great. And then the bike, I felt horrendous all day. Like I just felt like my legs were not there on the bike. Um, so I struggled. I actually struggled earlier in the bike than I thought I would have. Yeah. Um, I got through, but I wasn't impressed. I, I think I improved by like a minute and a half. Mm. Uh, but I knew I had a, the run was where I wanted to make up most of my time. Yeah. Um, so I improved by like 11 minutes on the run. So I ran like a three hour 36 or 37 marathon. But yeah, that was a dark Still fucking imp- yeah. That is very impressive. Yeah, it's um. Look, I was what re- what I was, average pace is that then? It's five oh nines. I did five oh nines in the end. Um, off the uh, off a five hour bike. So yeah, um, yeah. But look, I got to about ten k's into the run, and I was I was pumped. I actually felt really good. I was yeah. like considering you know, the night before and whatever, and um, my run legs were there, which was good. Yeah, I couldn't run five oh nines without yeah. having done that. Just running a marathon. Well, like I, I said, don't think I could. I've been training. I've been training a fair bit, and like I said, running six mm. days a week, and I've done the work this time. Yeah. Um, and like with the Ironman, when you, it's what's that? Doing the work? Yeah. No, no one prepares <laughs> for a run and <laughs> doing something, do they? <laughs> yeah, we were talking sort of pre pre show about like you know I'm reading. I've nearly finished Arnold Schwarzenegger's new book, Be mm. Useful. Um, and like everyone said it, and he's not the only one, but like there's lots of people said there's just no shortcut to success and how like careers and relationships mm. the careers and relationships is this no um shortcuts and even like with athletic endeavors there's no shortcuts like you nah. just got to do the work um be consistent with it uh, over a long period of time and but anyway i got to 10ks into the run and i was running next to this guy um robert ripping bloke and yeah. i didn't we didn't say anything for the first like two k's but yeah. we're running like the same pace mm. and i said and i was like looking at my watch looking at his and he was running side by side yeah i just sort of sparked up a conversation with him said mate look i don't know who you are or what, what story is, but do you want to talk for the next 30 Ks? Just, just, just to get just, each just other. Just try and get through this. Like a mental. Yeah. And is, that, we, is that like a, almost like distracting yourself from the pain? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, like time, music. Time definitely goes quicker when you're having those, like music Fucking or a conversation. Yeah. And obviously there's no music allowed. So um, yeah, so we sparked up a conversation. I knew his whole life story by the end. Um, you know, guy in the defense force, done like tools in Iraq. Mm. Uh, and we're out here like suffering, but we're like, how good is it that we get to like suffer? We get to, we choose to be here um, <laughs> and, you know, we can physically do this. You know, my journey is the reason I got uh, the tattoo of my time on my leg, on my ankle yeah. is the whole cliche story of like, you know, this is gonna, never going to happen. I'm never going to run again. You know, I couldn't run for the whole entire decade of my 20s. From 20 to 30, I didn't do one run. Yeah. I was trying to run in my like 28, 29 years, but just my ankle was just so beaten up and 
we'll talk about the pain adaption a little bit later and mindset. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, for, I, I just didn't think I'd be able to run again. Um, so to be out there, you know, nine hours into a, an Ironman, as much as it's hurting me, yeah. and I just want to stop. Everything's just telling me to stop. I was like, this it's a privilege really to be out here. Yeah. Um, and me and Robert, like we, I didn't break in mm. any of the um, aid stations. I wanted to try and push through as many as I could, but he was stopping. Um, and then like I'd keep running and then he would like sprint up and catch up. Catch up, okay. And then he would say pace with me and then yeah. we'd do this and we kept doing, and I just kept running through every aid station. I did not want to stop. Is that, do you think if you had to stop, like maybe? It makes it harder. Once once you have that mental leak mm. of like, oh, do you know what? you've already stopped once, mm. let's stop, let's stop another time. Yeah. And then it just sort of gradually evolves mm-hmm. and you're walking a lot more than you want to. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, like I think I, I walked my first one probably with him at like 30, Four k's, maybe thirty five k's. Mm. Um, so I walked. I think I walked two or three in the end. But one of the, the like the second last aid station, um, I I kept he kept running, and I just quickly got some ice and water. And I'm talking like you stop for four seconds, yeah, 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 quickly get it and go. And I sort of lost him in the traffic, and because every aid station before that, I was. Calling him out, said like, Rob, you still there, mate? You coming? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm coming. I'm just amazed that you could, you know, maintain a conversation after doing the swim and the bike and then running well, at a five and nine pace. I should say the third lap's always the hardest. Yeah, yeah. There was not a word spoken. Yeah. In that ten k, that third lap on the ten k. Isn't uh, that funny when it when it gets real hard? When it gets really hard and uh, and very different race, but that pint to pint I did over the. Uh, just before Christmas, uh, there was a point in the last leg where the guy I was running with and we were getting each other through was just dead silence. Just and dead I silence. think it was just an understood, uh, yeah, agreement. Common, no one's it's, talking. It's a common understanding, <laughs> like, we know we're both hurting. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> 100%. And, uh, yeah, so, like, when he when – we, we knew it was coming. Like, we knew the third lap was going to be the hardest. He's like, we're just going to get through this mm-hmm. third lap. And then you sort of now you, your mindset is like, well, I've only got one to go now. It's you know, you got eleven k's or something mm. to go. Let's just get through this because it's up and down the Bustleton coastline there. Yeah, hey? just, you do laps four around. Laps. It's yep. four like ten point something k laps. Yeah, um, which I'm not a fan of, but it's uh, yeah, that third one was tough and not mm. much. We might have said one or two words, but there was no conversation like we were in the second lap. Mm. Um, in the last lap, we were just sort of looking at watches. What are what are our times and stuff? Yeah, um, no escape, no escape from the sun. No. Yeah, no, <laughs> nothing. Um, it lucky he started to cool down towards the end. But yeah. anyway, so the la- the second last aid station, I lose him, and he just runs off. And I said to him, I "said mate, if you feel like you want to go, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to hold you back. Like, yeah. I'm pretty much at my limit here. Like mm-hmm. I've got nothing left to give." And uh, I lost him in like this. It was just it was like a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> like at this point, there's just people everywhere, people vomiting, people on their knees. Like it just it was crazy. Jesus. Um, anyway, I lose him. He he takes off. He actually picks he actually picks the pace up. Mm. And, I'm so, and I'm trying to catch him, and I'm realizing I'm not going to. And then uh, it's one of those moments. It was a really definitive moment for me. It was like this is either going to break me because we've been running like side by side for twenty k's, yeah, or you know twenty five k's, or it's going to spur me on and. There was a comp, there was the battle of mindset. There it was like, oh, mate, just just walk, the, just walk to the next one. You you be like, and I was like, no, you can't. Like, you got to get this time. I'm not, I'm not coming back here. This is yeah, it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I, the last eight stations probably like two k's from the finish. I didn't even look at it. I just didn't, so I just ignored it. Yeah. And I just and I started to put the hammer down towards the finish. Something I'll, about that two two yeah, two yeah. three k's. You're like everything's ah. hurting. I, I know I'm losing. I've lost at this point. I'm counting. I've lost four toenails. I can feel them coming off. I can feel, <laughs> them, com- I can feel them coming off. How fucked is that when you can feel them like oh, wiggling in your sock? One and of you them f- was one of them was so bad. Yeah. And, oh, for the first time in my life, I'd actually piss myself while running. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I've heard about this and uh, I don't think I've come across anyone who's tried it. So you did it? Did it. And um, what? Yeah, look, so normally on the bike you'll do one or two. It's actually illegal to do, but normally you'll do one or two. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't do any on the bike. My hydration was pretty good. Yep. I didn't overhydrate, which is great. Um, because if you overhydrate, what is it? You just um, start to dehydrate. You start increasing. Obviously, you'll pee a lot more, mm-hmm. um, which you don't want because you'll dilute your salts. Yep. Increase your chance of dehydration, and then from there, it's it's bad bad news. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I got to. I was a little. I needed to go off the bike. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not too bad. I'll be. I reckon I'll be able to hold it for three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um. But I got to like twenty or fifteen k's into the run, and I was I was running at four fifty pace. Yeah. Um. I was like, I, I do. I was just doing. I did not want to stop at all. Like if I stop, I just want, I just want to get this time. So I slow down to like five thirty pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somehow got it out, and I'm just wet myself. I ran to an aid station, <laughs> got, a cup of, got a cup of water, and then did that. But it all went down in my left shoe, and it's just like squishing around, sliding oh, around. Yeah. Oh, fuck. It wasn't great. Uh, all I can think about was the green mile. Like, is a moment in the green mile where someone does that and pisses their pants, and I just slush it in my boots. <laughs> like, I could feel it in there, and it just it was hot, so it didn't take long to. Did you tell anyone when you hugged them at the end? No, no I made sure. I made sure I was. Uh, rinsed off towards then, um, yeah. but I didn't think I could actually. I didn't think I had it in me, but yeah. I, I got it done. And yeah. but yeah, anyway, and then that's I, interesting. That's a, that's a cha- that's challenging in itself. It is pissing it while is. running. Yeah, I can't is. do it in the ocean. Yeah, I have to stop and go. It's amazing <laughs> what you can do when you really want something. Oh I, fuck yeah! I reckon. Yeah. And um, yeah, so anyway, but the finish line, the last the last K, I knew I was going to come in at sub ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, I did not enjoy the finish at all. Yeah, I was just disappointed with how I finished. Um, so this year, obviously, got to so me and this guy Robert were sort of like, oh, like we can go sub nine uh, fifty here, yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, we might just make it. Anyway, mm-hmm. he finished at like nine hours fifty one. Okay. Um, and I thought I was. Similar. You left him? No, no. That's the thing. He he must have started before me, and ah, I'm like, I, I swam okay. I swam quicker than he did. Yeah. And I didn't realise. And I got to the finish line. I saw some work colleagues, and I saw my partner, and I saw my friends, and yeah. that. And I just sort of stopped mm-hmm. and just enjoyed it. Hugged them and mm. said good day. And then I looked up at the clock. It was nine hours forty nine and fifty two seconds. And I was like, just Fuck. get nine fifty doesn't sound as good as nine forty nine yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Uh, so I just just jogged to the line and got under it like nine hours forty nine and fifty eight seconds. Good and, man. And then collapsed. My legs gave out because yeah. obviously the mind was like, "Look, you're done now." Yeah. Um, and then look, yeah, I got to my feet and but yeah, no, it was a a good feeling. And I was just I was more proud of the fact that I just didn't give up. I could have gone and not yeah. done it this year. Yeah. Um, but look, anyway, done now. So now it's moving on to the next challenge and figure something out and uh, come and do an ultra. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to do an ultra. Um, see if the ankle can hold up, but um, do a marathon next. Mm. Um. And uh, definitely look at doing an ultra, but I just at the moment just get back to working hard on the business. And yeah, well, I'm interested because uh, again, very different run uh, the the pint to pint we did. But you talked about the hyper and the stuff where you're pissing out all your salts. Yeah. Um, I wonder, like, and I want to know. Maybe you can tell us because I was cramping at like 35k's, and I didn't cramp in the 80 or 100 yeah. at all. Yeah, so, yeah. what role was alcohol playing? In that was it was it because I'm drinking that back plus I'm drinking water I do become hyponatremic or yeah look I mean obviously like alcohol is obviously a, some somewhat of a diuretic so yeah, I'm not sure were you pissing one, a lot more than usual or no no I wasn't no I probably only had uh, I think one or maybe two pieces for the whole race yeah. but were you I mean I know when you did the hundred that you were pretty on top with your your sodium stuff. yeah so oh uh, yeah I definitely just 
in my head it was like ah, oh, it's only 50 and <laughs> it's only 50 yeah and it's the night before i was like oh no it's it's 50 yeah, <laughs> it wasn't it's actually 50 days yeah a very long way so um i was like i was really worried um going fuck i was just gonna drink water then i was like fuck i got a heap of hydrolyte in my thing and i'm i know hydrolyte's just fucking over the counter yeah, Bullshit. it's nowhere near. Like, the stuff you're using for your ultras was precision like, hydration. Yeah, yeah, precision hydration. They're like they're like 500 milligrams per tablet. Yeah, hydrolyte's 100 milligrams per tablet. Okay, so you're probably taking in like a third of what you were taking in. So I definitely wasn't getting enough of that. Uh, but definitely the alcohol is going to have some effect. Like it's a diuretic. It's going to dehydrate yeah. you a little bit. Um, so but yeah, that speaks volumes for precision hydration and what they're given. Because um, not for this to sound like an advertisement, but fuck, yeah. uh, I did not. Even spasm once in, I got sore legs and sore mus- muscles, but yeah, yeah. no spasms, no cramps at all for 100 or 80. And then <laughs> without, without, uh, yeah, and obviously add beers into the equation, yeah, of it, course, it doesn't help, but it's obviously it's just a bit of good fun and yeah, out with mates and supporting a good cause, and, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so down at, down at the Ironman and Bustleton this year, we actually did sweat testing at the expo, oh, sick for precision hydration, so yep. that's why I worked like a, a 12 hour day on Thursday, which I wasn't really happy with, but um, we did a lot of sweat testing. Mm. And everyone who came through the sweat testing, the, these, they're pretty good athletes. I said, look, don't change too much with your hydration, but if you were a super salty sweater, which some of them were, I said, look, it might be worth adding in a couple of salt tablets extra and things like that. And um, yeah, so everyone actually emailed me sort of after and said, mate, that just that little bit of advice just mm. helped so much. I felt so much better than I normally do. And that um, sweat testing, would that, would that like, uh, help you measure how much you're able to absorb, like a supplement or something like that, or is nah, that a? No, nah, it's it's it's, no, it's more of a genetic predisposition to like how salty you are. Um, there's debate about that as well, but yeah, not not your bioavailability of what you can sort of uptake. Yeah, it's more just letting you know, um, yeah, how much salt or sodium. Mm-hmm. Um, you are losing sort of per liter, and everyone's uh, different, and everyone's a, a little bit different. The average is about. A, people are surprised, but most people are around a thousand milligrams, uh, which is ten hydrolyte tablets. Mm-hmm. Um, in a liter bottle, whereas precision hydration is like two. Fuck, um, and now thinking about it, I probably was not putting enough hydrolyte tablets in either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, and like it's been really, it's been so humid the last few days here in Perth. Oh fuck, no! Oh man, I went for a run yesterday morning and I was mm. just, I was just drenched. Um, yeah. So just yeah, just rehydrating our sessions, but but anyway, looking at anyway, really happy with how it went. Um, I'm done. I've done five Ironmans now. Um, I can I can move on. I've ticked, Tick. I've ticked that box. Yep. Uh, the the ch- challenge now will be. Uh, going for that, maybe a sub three marathon. Okay, at some point, like I was think that four sixteen pace. Four sixteen hey? pace, yeah. So, um, but I think the first, I'll go. My first one might be that. My first one probably like around three ten, three fifteen, and then, but also do an ultra. I actually wanted to do the Sandman fifty ultra, mm. uh, but it's on the same day as my best mates. Um, Bucks party, unfortunately. So uh, that's a race. If anyone, where are your out, priorities at, mate? I know, I know. <laughs> but it's two o'clock in the morning as well, so you could probably do it and get back in time. But yeah, um, that's a really good ultra if you're looking at doing one. Yeah, one of the lads who did the run with us, the pint to pint, had run a two hour forty five marathon. Oh wow! And barely finished this one. Yeah. But yeah. for him, it was time on his feet, I think yeah. he said. It yeah. was just like, you know... It's, it's the muscle damage. Same with the Ironman. Like, the Ironman run, like... Is that a thing as well? Because uh, Bernsey's asked that before. Like, is it a thing where if you run faster, it is it, it will be a little less strenuous on you? Uh, for time on time on legs? Yeah, to some degree. Because obviously, you've got, you've got a fuel capacity. So obviously, you're going to run out of fuel over a longer period of time. Yeah. Um, so there's a massive fueling component to it. We've got about 2,000 calories of carbohydrates on board. And the guy who's really fit and efficient, two hours forty-five. He's probably not going to use. He's, he's probably not using uh, all of his carbohydrates in that race. He's probably mm-hmm. going to feel pretty good. But in a longer race, you're, you're going to be tapping out of 
your, your muscle glycogen, your carbohydrate stores are going to yeah. be tapped out, mm-hmm. obviously, if you're not topping them up mm-hmm. all, all the time. Uh, and that's where that muscle damage comes in. So, mm-hmm. like, the, the last 10Ks of an Ironman or the last 10Ks of an Ultra, yeah. you're not out of breath. You, your body's just broken. Yeah, fucking earth. You're not... Br- you're not uh, well, yeah. Ironman, I'm sure you're out of breath at some points. You but are, like, you're, but you're not, like, on your hand... Like, you're not... Your lung capacity is not... You're not, like, burning through your lungs. Yeah. It's not, like, a threshold session where, like, it... You're just on your knees because you're just out of Seems breath. like the swim would be the hardest of that, would, nah, like aerobically. No, nah, swim's easiest, mate. Swim, is it? Swim's a warm-up. People, people always oh, say that, that's, that. That's the, that is the most common question with triathlon. Everyone says to me, oh, surely the swim. Yeah. Is, I'm like, it's 3.8 kilometres. It's 10% of the race. Yeah. Your heart rate's the lowest. That's the lowest your heart rate's going to be for the entire day. Yeah. I think people are just scared about swimming in the ocean or just yeah. they, they can't swim. Yeah. But you put a wetsuit on, it makes it easier straight away. Um, you can take your time. Um, like I said, it's only 10% of the race. If, and that's the thing. I trained like my ass off for this swim. Mm. Improved by a minute. Like it's yeah. – for six months, I improved by a minute. Obviously, Good conditions or did I hear it was bad nah, conditions? No, the conditions weren't great. So like I reckon if it was a, um, the same as the year before, like glass, mm-hmm. I would have gone probably 58 minutes or 59 or something like that. Mm. I did like just a 101. But yeah, so it, the run is by – running is by far the hardest thing you can do. It's yeah. Not, and it's the last. So um, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the, swim, after the swim's easy, mate. The swim's easy. Yeah, okay. The uh, I'm interested as well because uh, I am training now for an 80 and to do it in – a, a like a, I want to hit a time like Margaret, you, the Margaret River one. Margaret River one. Yep. I want to do it in the ten hours. Yep. So like not, uh, I'm not. Oh fuck, if I could do it under ten hours, that would be fucking incredible. What's, but if you, what's the pace for that? Uh, I think it was seven minute pace yep. for under ten. I think seven and a half will get you in that ten. Yep. Um, ten hour zone. Yep. Cool. And any if you finish under ten hours, you get this big goblet. It's a pretty big achievement, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you go last time? It's like thirteen. <laughs> so that's a big. You're talking yeah. like you know twenty five percent off. Yeah. But uh, considering the training that I did the last time for the hundred, uh, I ran that in fourteen. Yep. So an extra yeah, twenty yeah. k's in only an hour more. Yeah, um, yeah. I think with like a la- like actually putting in a plan and going okay, I'm going to run this pace for this a lot of part this pace. And we finished within 15 minutes of when we said we were going to finish that. So yep. I feel like if I can get a plan, train properly, I'm like running a fuckload at the moment, yeah, doing this 75 hard at the moment. So I was sort of just yeah. forced to, uh, which we can talk about in a minute because that's fucking breaking me a little bit. But yep. um, uh, yeah, the the training. So I do want to talk about running training. Yes. Um, and one thing that really interested me was overtraining because I would get worried for me because I don't have a plan yeah. sometimes. I just go and run and sometimes I'm like, fuck, am I doing too much? Am I not doing enough? Yep. Um, so what role does undertraining and overtraining, more specifically overtraining, play? Yeah, like the massively. First of all, you need to sort of object, like objectively measure your training so you find out, so you can see if you are overtraining. Mm. Um, and overtraining can be like as simple as someone who hasn't run for a while all of a sudden starts doing three days a week of running within a month. They're probably overtrained. Like in, in some sense, like their tissue tolerance isn't there. And, mm. um, but you'll know when overtraining starts to kick in because of your you know your physiological physiological changes in the body. Like an example would be if you're supposed to go out and do a hard run set, mm-hmm. you know your heart rate isn't climbing up to where it should be. Yeah. So like if you know that like a good example on easy sessions like repeat one k efforts for us. Mm. Most times we'll do repeat threshold efforts. Usually it's around the one kilometer mark. Um, I know never, my, never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> like a good a good Ironman set is eight one kilometer repeats yep. with like a two hundred meter jog in between. Brutal session. Eight eight one k efforts mm-hmm. with a two hundred meter jog in, okay. bet- in between. Mm-hmm. So and all of those are for me. Like I'm not a super. I'm not a, an amazing runner by any means. 
and I'm actually not very good running. It's one of my, probably my weakest leg, but um, you know, this should be sub four minute pace for me for those efforts. Okay. Um, over the uh, for each one, and then a and really I was, and I know like oh, what my heart rate's normally going to be for those. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I know that I'm overreaching, so overreaching's good because you're putting yourself into a position where you can gain some fitness. Mm-hmm. But then overreaching, sorry, overtraining, sorry, is you're taking that one step further and now heart rate isn't responding the way it should do. Mm. Um, so like, let's say, for example, I run a 1K effort. My heart rate should be around, let's say, 170 to 180 beats. Mm-hmm. It might be 155, 160, and I'm feeling a little bit sluggish and I just feel like I can't get that top end mm-hmm. um, speed going. That's a sign. Um, obviously, sleep interference. Um, so if you're not sleeping well, that's, mm. that's, that's a concern. Uh, that's usually a bit of a, um, a causality as well. Uh, and if anyone's tracking like heart rate variability with a smartwatch, yeah, that's, that's the main one. So because um, I, I I don't tr- I'm very unprofessional in that. Don't track my heart rate or anything yeah. like that. And I just go and run. And I'll if I'm going to take it seriously, I will. But um, the, the the lack of sleep that's a perfect uh, example because about three or four days ago I was fucking exhausted. Yep. Like really bad, like yep. I was feeling lethargic, like I've been doing a bit too much yep. and I wasn't sleeping well either. And I was like, hey, am I feeling like that because I'm not sleeping well? But or was it a result of the training? Yeah. Um, so, and that's the thing like as well, and like your resting heart rate's elevated more. So obviously when, you, when you're over, when you stressed yep. and overtraining, your, your resting heart rate's elevated, mm. which means your recovery through sleep isn't as good. Um, and obviously then you, if you, you wouldn't know, but most people's heart rate variability and heart rate variability is, is just the time between uh, the beats of your heart. Uh, mm. There's like the P, P, Q, R, S wave okay. in your heart rate. Yeah. And so your heartbeat. Um, so the, the more um, varied it is, mm. the more you are ready to perform. That's a good thing. Yeah. But if it's very like consistent in terms of it's a, the, the beats are the same, um, and then monotonous, that's a sign of fatigue and sort of overreaching. Um, okay. So, yeah. Uh, but most people, like, if you're not wearing a heart rate variability sort of aura ring or uh, yeah. whoop or something like that, you're not going to get that. But for, for the layman's terms, like, yeah, like heart rate isn't getting to where it should be, mm. but we expect it to be. Um, obviously feeling just lethargic. And yeah. one of the best things is just do you want to train? Like, mm. do you want to go out and do this run today? And there was – one day in Ironman where I, was, I, was, I felt like I was overtrained and mm-hmm. I, wake, I wake up, I didn't sleep well. I was supposed to have a hard run set and I wake up like, I think I, might, I would have had like been seven hours in bed and I wake up and I was just like, mm. I feel like I haven't slept here. Like I feel like I haven't slept. I had no motivation, zero motivation to get up and run. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to swap this out for an easy bike today. Yeah. Um, so you just got to make those calls. But but yeah. is it also like when you do get that, that fucking, that... Um Real hard session in when you didn't want to do it. There's a time and a place. There's for a it. good, like, there, a good that's, feeling. That's the thing as well. Like you've you've got to know when to, to do that session regardless. Mm. And what we we recommend people to start the session. So just start it. So yeah. If yeah, uh, you just get. I, going, I know my yeah. body really well, so I knew in this situation I was like, look, I've got I've got to run tomorrow anyway. So like I'm just gonna mm. sub- subject um, supplement this session. But um, yeah, we recommend try it. Mm. If it, if what you think is going to happen happens, then yeah. then you can pull back and make it an easy session or stop or whatever and um, do something a little bit easier. But uh, but there are other times when you're just in a mindset where you can actually physically get it done and sometimes you actually perform really well, mm. which is why sometimes using these uh, monitoring tools is a, is a pro to them. There's also a con to them. Sometimes you can look at it and go, do you know what? I'm not going to train hard today, but it could have been a really good session anyway. Yeah. So you just got to weigh it up and take the information in. But subjectively, how do you feel? Mm. Um, 
is a big one for that particular session. If you wake up and there's a session to do, you've been like, look, I do not want to do this at all. Mm. And you've been training relatively hard, it's probably a good sign you're overtraining. And sometimes, obviously, you don't want to overtrain, but fuck, that feeling you get when you do the session you didn't want to do and then you finish it and you're like, oh, yeah. I feel like... I don't know what the mindset is there. Um, and obviously, you don't want to overtrain to a point where you do do damage and, and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, the other night, like I did it, that I had fucking plenty of excuses. Yeah. I had my daughter, um, yeah. I had uh, that I was trying to balance, yeah. uh, trying to make her dinner and stuff like that. But me, uh, my brother in law was there. I was like, can you just watch it for, you know, half an hour? I'm going to go get a quick fucking set around the lake. You know, yeah. I'm just going to go get it in. Um, yeah. And at the end of it, that feeling was just like, oh, and I feel like addicted. Once I've done that, I'm like, oh, okay, now I want to eat well because I've done that well. And it's like a, yeah, yeah it seems to be, it's like momentum. Yeah. And it's also like, even people don't realize transitioning out of any big event like an ultra or even like triathlon or an Ironman, for example, is it's actually really hard because you don't you don't normally train like I couldn't walk the next day like mm. my legs were that beat up. Oh, going, yeah. going down a curb like I needed assistance, um, mm. and so you don't train for like I don't train for like at least a week. Yeah, um, it's funny how your mood changes. Like you just get a bit more depressive. Fucking nice. I'm I'm very aware. Now. I wasn't aware in my twenties. I didn't have any idea. I wasn't mm. really paying attention to it, but my mood is very reliant on my activity level. Mm. Um, so if I don't train for like two days, which is very rare, if I don't train for two days, by the third day, I'm like a bit antsy and a bit like moody and I'm just a bit down and flat. I'm like... Now, do you think that's a general thing anyway and people are just less sensitive to it? I think people are less sensitive to it and aren't aware of it. Yes. I just think people who don't train like every day or mm. most days, yeah. probably, like I'm just speaking, and even from my experience, you just sort of accept it as that's my normal. That's your baseline, it's yeah. It's my baseline, so you don't know. But then when you go... Like, and we talked about a bit of pain, we'll talk about pain tolerance later on, but, you know, looking at doing a, when I first, when I did my first half Ironman, I was like, there's no way I could double this. Mm. Like, I finished, I was like, there's no way I could double this. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but now after having a few of them, I look at a half and go, oh, I can do that in a weekend. I can do that every weekend now for the next 10 weeks. Mm. It's not a problem, but. Um, that's, that's that sort of self-hypnosis. You know, yeah, you tell yourself it's not possible. You tell yourself you're not, you know, good enough to do anything. To, you're not you're not sexy enough to pick up the girl. You're not fucking whatever. I yeah. don't care what it is. If you tell yourself the internal dialogue, I have I have internal concept, dialogue. Yeah. The internal dialogue that in, that little inner voice of yours is is so much more powerful than people think. Oh, hundred percent. Um, and I'm I'm definitely I'm been coaching now for sixteen years and working with people for a long time. And a lot I can make someone strong and fit. That's mm. that's the easy part. Like given the program and given the strength stuff and given the mobility and given the running, that's all the easy stuff. It's mm. really everything around that that's the hard part of like getting people to understand how they how they're wired how do they work um how they respond to certain training sessions um mm. and the internal chat um mm. you know i couldn't run for 10 years because i believed my ankle was not going to be able to run and yeah. i was told and i'm very careful now as a coach that i don't say things too extreme because all i vividly remember the conversation with my surgeon he's like you won't run again mm. and i'm the sort of person who goes oh, i will um but mm part of you starts to believe it after you try and fail, try and fail. And it's like, yeah. this guy was actually right. Yeah. Um, until I made that switch, I was like, do you know what? If people go ask me about it, I was like, my ankle's fine now. It's all good. And I, even though it wasn't, it's mm. all good. And there's sort of like a bit of a power in that. And mm. it's sort of like, and the pain stuff, if you accept the pain and deal with it, you're much more likely to get better outcomes versus mm. someone who um, ignores it um, it just like it, it hinders their lifestyle. Can you um, tr can you train pain like 
I wanted to talk to you about pain adaption anyway. Can you train pain adaption or is it is it simply this person's mindset is better than the other person's? No, you can definitely train it. Like it's yeah. it's oh, like Is there a science behind it or a bit of both? It's a bit of both. Um, mm-hmm. there's a really good book called Endure, mm-hmm. which sort of debates whether it's the mental or the physical. So if anyone's interested in that to- to- topic, that's mm-hmm. a really, really good one um, about pushing boundaries and mental limits and physical limits. Um, I don't think I've actually said this out loud before, but my my ultimate personality is really like an inner fat child. Like I spend a lot of my time, if I didn't have this job of like being in front of people about health and fitness, I would find it a bit harder mm. to be healthy. Like it's almost, it's a responsibility, it's a responsibility to, if I'm going to preach this, I have to live it. Exactly. And over my, in my early 20s, I definitely, I, I preached it and I, I lived it a little, but I don't live it like I live it now. It's mm. really a lifestyle for me now, but it wasn't in my early 20s. Yeah. Um, but I think the going back to the pain stuff, like it, you have to push those, there's things you can do. Obviously you can accept certain things. Mm-hmm. And if it's physical pain, like arthritis or a, a broken back or mm. like, like Delby's a classic one of, um, mm. you know, his back issues. Nah, Delby's a little fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, here so we can say that. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you accept that um, and just move on. Yeah the outcomes seem to be better from it's a lot of anecdotal stuff it's not like hard scientific research but like um grit and persevering through things like you know the first time you ever run it's hard mm. we've got some free run programs too for you by the way but, oh yeah um if you, the first time you ever run most people just run way too hard okay. and it's, it, it, they just put themselves in a position where it hurts way too much mm. and then they just they sort of like oh, i'm doing that again yeah um but it's it's because you you see what other people it's like a comparison thing you yeah, see what other people are yeah, doing don't like, compare, oh, I can do it. yeah 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 don't compare ego's massive i mean especially for males as well like oh when i played footy in my 20s i used to be able to run like a, a nine minute 3k mm. uh and then what they'll do they'll go out on their first or second run and they'll do like 1k at three minute pace yeah i've, I've still kind of got it and then within three weeks they're injured because they just they've haven't done anything properly, so um, guilty. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we're all guilty as yeah, challenge, fucking so, oath, yeah. And that's that's normal, right? Uh, but yeah, there's definitely a bit of like just edging forward and edging your your physical limits. Mm. Uh, I think there's a lot to be said from the physical training mm. uh, in terms of your mental capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm far more mentally strong now than I was say ten years ago. Yeah. Um, while I was resilient. I look back in my early 20s and I'm like, nah, I wasn't actually resilient. Do you think that's a result of like, I don't know what the science is or is it more of a subjective, like I've been in far more worse situations, I've been in far more pain, so this actually seems subjectively less. It's Correct. It's painful. like, yeah, once you suffer a lot, yeah. suffering a little bit's not so bad. And then like, it's people who run a business, so yeah. like business people, like I remember uh, my first few years running a business, I was like, how does anyone do this? Like, yeah. And like your tolerance just builds up and now I look back at those first few years I'm doing that now comfortably mm. because I'm I've experienced that and now I've experienced more stress and more demands and whatever it may be well I um, use I, I, I often use on the podcast footage camps as an example of why I find things a bit easier than I think a lot of other people yep. and I think a lot of footy players would be in the similar any, camp. any athlete who's done hard stuff those camps are there's a lot of, there is a lot of crossover into daily life mm. there's a huge crossover so there's a lot to be said for like footy camps a good one like you wouldn't do that by yourself if you weren't in that environment no way you wouldn't do it you just would not do it um, which is why you know the West Perth boys once a year I spend a good two and a half hours with them and mm. they, they, they got no idea what's coming 
Yeah, it's called the Doomsday Session. It's coming up, boys. So get ready. <laughs> <laughs> they got no idea what's coming. Yeah. They can't pace themselves. They don't know when their breaks are going to be. Mm. They don't know how long they're how many sets of running they're doing, and you just can't. They're so hard because you can't mentally prepare yourself, uh, and you can't pace yourself, and you just got to keep working. And then when they finish those sessions. The, the good one last year was that they, they thought they'd finished. Yeah, so I was going to say, do you fuck with them intentionally and go, we're done? And then. Yeah, last year was the first year I did that. So yeah. we gave them the old false finish, which is obviously um, really. Fuck, man. Yeah, they, they were two hours and 29 minutes into their session and mm-hmm. we had a few boys vomiting. And um, we don't condone this at obviously all levels. This yeah. is, these guys are, are athletes. And. I've got a very good relationship with a lot of the boys, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of trust there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know what I'm doing. So and it's a one-off. It's, it's a one-off. We're not doing this. Obviously. It's just a one-off session. Yeah. Um, but yeah, players, are they, they think they're done. They're high-fiving each other, getting around each other. The, the, the camaraderie built is massive, right? Yeah. And when you suffer together, mm. um, you just form bonds quicker. Fucking ass. Form bonds quicker. So, and uh, yeah, anyway, so they thought they'd finished and they're walking over and the Colts are like, oh, I can't believe, the young boys are like, I can't believe we got through that. Like that was the hardest thing we've ever done. And they're drinking their water and stuff. I'm like, all right, boys, you ever heard of a false finish? The cults, or the young boys, are like, what's, a, what's a false finish? Senior boys are like, ah, oh, here we go. All right, one more 2K effort, boys. Uh, 2K time trial to finish. And uh, yeah. But like, you finish that session and you go out into a, a, a main training session, all of a sudden. It's so much easier. It's, it's, well, this isn't as hard as it was, you know, a week ago. Mm. Um, that's why it's like, it is a muscle. Pain is like a pain receptors, I guess, are like a muscle you can build because it is subjective. It. Yeah, you can do, and it is subjective, and um, you can definitely increase your resilience. And it's also having that. You've, everyone's heard of a growth mindset mm-hmm. versus a fixed mindset. Um, like whether you, like a fixed mindset, the example is I can't get any smarter. Mm. I'm just born with this level of intelligence, and that's it. Mm. Uh, we know that's not true. Mm. Um, it's the same with your physical capacity. Like everyone's going to be different. Um, and we don't want to talk about extremes all the time. Like everyone in everyday life can get better and um, and do that. So yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Well, speaking of extremes, I'm doing something that's probably a little extreme, which is the 75 hard. Um, I don't know if you have you heard about the 75 hard I before. Have, yeah, I've seen a few socials about it. I don't know like what science goes behind it, but there's a bit of more. It's more about mental strength and mental mental fortitude, I guess, because you know you're not allowed to drink, which is that's I'm finding that easy. That two one. workouts a day. Two workouts a day, 45 minutes. Now, you probably should be smart about this and it's less about the actual workout yeah, um, yeah. and it's what you're getting at. It's yeah. the habit of putting aside 45 minutes to specifically do an exercise. Whether that's stretching, yep. fucking yoga, I don't, lots I, of like zone two going, for, going lots, for a walk. Lots like, of zone two stuff there. 100%. Um, I, I probably went a little too hard earlier on and I'm being a bit better with it and I'm doing stretching sessions and walking yeah. uh, a little bit more. But yeah, I'll... I'll First, probably ten days, I went a bit too hard. Um, Typical, that's fine. Yeah, you, you got to read ten pages uh, of a book to uh, non uh, fiction, non fiction, no, non fiction book non-fiction a day. Book. Yep. Uh, you have to uh, drink a gallon of water of water a day. What's a gallon? It's about um. Test uh, my mass now. It's not, it's not like three. Is it three something later? It's it's. A, I've got it written down, but uh, I should know this because I'm having it. But I'm having way more than that anyway. <laughs> I drink. I probably am at points hyponatremic. <laughs> yeah, pissing too much. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's about it. Uh, no, oh, you have to set yourself a diet. Um, in no cheat meals. So it's pretty. No, no cheat meals. So right. I'm shredding up. Pretty oh, good at the moment. You're looking, you're <laughs> I'm looking, feeling. You're looking good. I'm feeling good, and you start to see it, and you start to feel it, 
And I don't know whether it's this as well. The other day, like I've started this Vibe Culture, which is a new sponsor coming on, not to drop some sponsorship uh, talk in there, but uh, I started having them like in the mornings and I do feel now it could be the non-alcohol, it could be just the diet, it could be a range, it could be the uh, Vibe Culture, it could be a bit of all of it. But fuck, man, I feel good. Yeah, it's all of it. Um, but to a, to a point, like uh, I guess making these changes has like become addictive. Now, like I finished the other day, I finished everything I had to do and it was like nine o'clock at night and I was like, oh, I want to do something else. Like I want to do something else to better myself. Um, So I read more pages. Like I just needed to, I needed to do something else. Um, I think it's all about momentum. Um, But I guess... uh, Yeah, I used to be against these types of things. Like in my early sort of career of coaching, I was like, look, I'm against, I'm against doing like the full like, Strict cuts, like no yeah, 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 hundred percent. Some for some individuals, it's definitely like if you want to see results real quick, then that you're going to see results quick, right? Mm. Um, if you go from eating a lot of refined foods into eating healthy all of a sudden, yeah, like real foods, you're going to see a difference, yeah. Um, and if you go from not exercising much, obviously, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of failure stories of the 75 hard. Oh fuck um, no, yeah, something like that. Though we go train two 45 minute sessions a day, there'd be a lot of easy training. Yeah, um, I think people realize. I think people think athletes train hard all the time but they mm. do not train hard all the time no. like you, you think of like your pro cyclists you know, they're doing like 70 to 80% of their training a week at zone 2 like mm-hmm. easy training because yeah. they've they got so much of it um, and then they've got this, this short hard stuff so so this is more of a like a discipline challenge Correct. more sticking to a schedule okay i've put aside 45 minutes to do this i am going to read this book even though i'm tired i am going to make sure i get this water in it's less about the actual health and more about the discipline of and regimental getting it done um so i I get that but i'm the same i in general life uh aside from this challenge i'm nothing in absolutes um just with my like with my diet just like i am with alcohol uh and i want to talk about alcohol as well because I'm, i'm really enjoying not being on Drinking alcohol, so good, isn't um, it? Fuck, man! Like, it's so good, but it's it's so hard culturally because it just it's ingrained, right? So mm. like, now I, yeah, you go, you go. Well, I start. I started to realize the other day. So there is, um, I guess, a mental aspect of it where, like, I've been having a couple twice. I've been in situations where I felt everyone was drinking, so I've had the zero beers. Yep, and it it scratched the itch. Yep. No problem. It's a carbon for me. It's a carbonation. Like I can easily have a soda water mm-hmm. when someone's having a beer, and I feel fine with that. Yeah, like yeah. Yep. It's, it's just for me. It's a refreshing the carbonation. Yep. Um, yeah, and look, drinking like it's something as I give in your, if you're in your twenties, you look and think probably thinking to us like, nah, I'm, I'm gonna have a beer most weekends. Like, but I'm now nearly thirty six, and it's just like I appreciate my health. I appreciate oh, nice. my body. I appreciate feeling good. Mm. Um, when you're not feeling healthy, like I had gastro like in, during Christmas, and that's one of the it's horrendous. Like you're going, mm. pissing out your ass, you're vomiting out your mouth at the same time. You're like, I just want to be healthy again. Like this is just yeah. horrendous. You take uh, it for granted. You do. And that's why, that's why I got the tattoo on my leg. I was just like, you know, it's a reminder for me to don't take my body for granted. Don't mm. take my health and, you know, drink a lot less. I don't drink much now. My partner doesn't really ever drink, mm. uh, which is, which is a positive influence. Mm. Um, surrounding yourself with people who are like that. But um, yeah, like alcohol and anyone I was, the, the professional athletes I do work with, the ones who are taking this training seriously, mm-hmm. they chuck on an aura ring, they chuck on a whoop, they chuck on something that's tracking their recovery. You know, you have a glass of wine before bed, it affects it a little bit mm-hmm. and it'll, it'll affect your sleep. As soon as you have two, like you're at now at a point where you're really ruining your sleep and then yep. 
three, um, and then it's just it's, it's it's curtains after three or four um, in terms of your actual. Yeah, you might be asleep. You might be don't remember going to bed or whatever it may be. But yeah. you're not getting good quality deep REM. Um, rapid eye movement sleep and there's you know dreaming as much um, so all those things are really really important um, what yeah. is it because uh, so phys- physically uh, I'm interested in what it's doing because um, you know there's the side of me that the spiritual woo woo guy who who sees the you know the lowering of the vibration that we've spoken about plenty of times you know I think it's alcohol is actually from the Arabic word alcohol which is um, you know spirit eating or body eating spirit which is an interesting thing from from my point of view but then from the physical side of things like and just mentally i i see it um the the fact that alcohol uh adds to my stress levels so if i have to if i have a stressful day at work i won't handle that as well and then if i don't handle that as well maybe i'll take that out on my daughter or friends around me and then if I am having a shit, I might eat terribly as well. So it, it, it doesn't just affect that one little bit of health of like having the sip of alcohol. It affects everything around it and my ability to handle other stressful situations. And it also augments that depressive mood state I was talking about before because you probably don't exercise that day. Like mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're having a beer or you put, most people aren't going to exercise. Um, if people exercise in the afternoon, most, mm-hmm. most people, some people do. Uh, you, have a gla- you have a beer or a glass of wine or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day, you actually wake up feeling so much more depressed in terms of it's a very, yeah, it's a very depressive thing. Well, it is a depressant, I yeah, guess. Yeah, so, yeah, 100%. So it just, it just augments that sort of sensation. Um, Does it physically change like anything within your, your, your muscle makeup and structure or, uh, or ability to, you know, uh, does it? Yeah, well, it, it hinders recovery. So if if you've done a weight training session mm. or a cardiovascular session, um, it's going to hinder the recovery from that session. So in terms of like the the muscle physiology or the muscle morphology, like I'm, I don't know if it like having three glasses of I don't know if this is even out there. Having you know, three or four glasses of wine actually changes any muscle physiology. I don't think it would, mm. um, but it would definitely hinder sleep, therefore recovery, therefore you're probably not going to be training. Yeah, ultimately the following day or the day after. So mm. it might mean that if you're drinking a couple of times a week, um, you're delaying that recovery time. Um, so you can't train mm. as, as intensely, you can't train as often. Um, that's, is, that's what I would say about that. Is there, any, is there any benefit to alcohol? Like I know people will argue, you know, wine you can get antioxidants out of, but you can get that same, or if not more, antioxidants out of fucking blueberries. <laughs> like I, that's not, a, that's not yeah. a fucking, oh, I need more I, antioxidants. I think, I think it's a cop out. I think the, I don't think, Drinking a genuine poison is going to help anyone. There's not. Um, I can't think of one benefit for, no, for the it. Only, the only benefit, and I will say this in the sense that if you run a business, if you're someone who <laughs> um, socialises on a golf course with you know, corporate clients, yeah, there is something to be said for you know people lowering their inhibitions, having good conversations, um, getting to know people on a deeper level. They're like we all know that when you have a couple of beers, you know, the prefrontal cortex is just completely in- inhibited and. Um, and a really good book about that is called The Chimp Paradox. Um, it just talks about the chimp part of your brain, mm-hmm. which is like your initial emotion. How dare you? I know. <laughs> the, the initial emotional response to something. And then there's the human element, which is like the person who you want to be, the smart, logical decisions, you know, that sort of adult sort of mentality. Yeah. Um, you know, making educated decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also the sort of computer, which is like the autopilot. So things that are just happened to you over your past which you've experienced lots of mm-hmm. that are just on autopilot you don't even realize you're making these decisions a default um, mode network is that what that is yeah similar to that mm-hmm. um but yeah like that chimp part of your brain like 
example for me when I was in my late late teens, early twenties, for some reason when I drank, I just wanted I was angry. Like and I was mm. obviously dealing with shit at the time. I yep. wasn't I didn't actually deal with it or mm-hmm. whatever. But um those decisions are just they're just poor decisions. Mm. You just you're reacting this when you you might say something to somebody that you shouldn't have said. Uh, while you might feel it and believe it, um normally the next day you would be more controlled and more calm and wouldn't say those things. Mm. And so there's also like at night times, people tend to be in their chimp mindset. So at night time, you'll tend to think um, more darker thoughts or more like aggressive thoughts or you might be thinking that oh, I can do this or do that. Generally, when you wake up in the morning, you, you sort of re- you have a different outlook on it. It's a weird sort of thing. But the book really explains um, that in great detail. It's a really good book from a psychological standpoint. So if anyone's wanting to understand how their brain works, mm. uh, and for me, it's been game-changing, um, the chimp paradox is uh, a good one. Interesting. Because so. it, it does intrigue me that alcohol is legal yeah. and then there seems to be no medical, no benefit to it at all. Yep. And even things like MDMA, ketamine, uh, you know, mushrooms, uh, marijuana, they all seem to have yeah. some sort of benefit. They've got, usually got one, or, they've got one small benefit. Yeah. They, they now, obviously, it. all can be abused and used oh, every terribly. Abused, but yeah. I'm just... Caffeine, yeah. Caffeine's just... Ca- look, but no one... Mm. Caffeine's one that's exactly the same boat. Like, I love coffee, mm-hmm. but I, I know I'm sensitive to it. So if I have two a day, my anxiety goes up. Um, you I, feel I, it, I, get, yeah. I get tight in my chest when mm. I'm stressed. I, I, just, I just feel it in my chest if I have three coffees a day. Mm. Um, so caffeine's one. If you took caffeine out of your diet, you're going to sleep a lot better. Um, but for me, it's also one of the happiest moments of my day. Fucking nice. It's getting my coffee. Like I'm just like, oh, Is that- I'm just happy. So oh. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, so I've gone from having three a day to two a day. Mm. Now it's having one a day. Um, the If I know I'm going to be out till late, I might have a second one because mm-hmm. it affects my sleep. But 12 hours, did you say? Yeah, 12 before? hours is quarter life. So if you have a cup of coffee um, at say 10 o'clock in the morning. 10 o'clock at night. Is 10 o'clock at night is a quarter of that caffeine amount left in your system um so yeah so there's still a quarter left still a, yeah so the quarter life half life is like six seven hours so half of that caffeine if you have a coffee at say 12 o'clock in the afternoon yeah. half that coffee is still there at say six and look there's probably different bioavailabilities and people sort of digest it a bit different we all mm. know someone who can have coffee at 10 o'clock at night and go to sleep yeah i would still argue they would sleep better without it um yeah and also would the like would it be actually good sleep would it be the, the rem sleep would be would disrupted? It be as good as a I don't think, and from research from uh, what Matthew Walker's done, it, I don't think it'd be as good as um, if you didn't have it. Yeah. Uh, but it, that's, a, that's an accepted drug, really. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, but alcohol is one of the ones where, like I said, there's no real benefit to it apart from socialising and probably form. I mean, you could argue forming relationships is obviously one of the most important yeah. things you can do. But surely, like, yeah, yeah, I, I actually totally agree. Mm. But surely, like, instead of catering to uh, people with lack of... Um, you know, confidence to talk to someone. Uh, like here, have a beer. Maybe we can work on why they have lack of confidence to talk to someone. Oh, that's, that sort of that's the right outcome. Yeah, that's, that, that that's not two hundred ninety dollars an hour versus. <laughs> yeah, get uh, the bottom well, and yourself. You know, everyone knows my thoughts. We should just be microdosing the water and yeah. uh, in the <laughs> systems to make everyone wake up. But yeah, no, I think I just I, I'm always interested by the the fact that uh, alcohol is legal, and I guess it's, it all comes down to taxing and lobbying and. Some people might say there's more sinister in- intentions, but um, big money. There's a lot of money in it. Um, keeps inhibitions low, but yeah. And like, and like going back to the exercise point, if mm-hmm. you do, if you go for a run, you don't like every now and then. I get a, like I was in the garden a lot over the break, just digging holes and yeah. whatever. And you just, 
I get why tradies do it. Like I, but everyone who's a tradie, I understand why you do it. I think I feel to skip in over the break, and I think I barrowed. I don't know how much sound I barrowed, but I was like, at the end of the day, I was like, oh, man, I go for a beer, I eh? yeah. And I was just like, do you know what? I'm just gonna go for a, a twenty minute run, half hour run. Yeah, and I get back. I'm like, I'm over that. That's don't if you don't feel like a beer after a run. Yeah, um, or exercise. So that's if you can try and make that decision, make mm. that habit and form that habit. That's obviously gonna be a better one for you. But. Yeah, forming better habits uh, is is always. Um, beneficial obviously but uh it's continuing them because it's always it's so easy to fall back into old habits um and what i've found of late is these i've just started to um i've started to create new patterns in life and new habits and it's very easy for me to slip back into old ways if i don't read and i've been journaling now that some people go oh fucking gay but like i i i actually think the journaling i'm finding a lot of benefit uh, from more specifically from having the realizations of mistakes I've had prior because I don't just journal I go back and I read yeah, some yeah. of the things that I've put down and it actually keeps me back on track going no I remember you were acting this way you were doing this you were doing that you need to reinforce the new patterns if that's the direction you want to go in and um, I find without repetition you're not you're not going to make the the changes um not as easily, anyway. You probably can, but yeah, without repetition. Yeah, and like we're at that time now. It's just gone. It's gone New Year's. Everyone's made some resolutions. Yeah, um, everyone sets a bar way too high. It, my company's logo or slogan is "Raise the bar." But ironically, when we speak to people, we really try and lower the bar as low as possible so that you can achieve that and build the little habits around that habit for around that particular goal yeah. first. Like the classic one is someone comes in like, "Oh, look, I don't really run at the moment. But I want to run six days a week." I'm like. Mate, let's let's just run twice a week first. Let's get you run twice a week, mm. and then. Um, well, sometimes sometimes the 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 goal is so far out there, and it's they're looking at the top of the mountain, and they're on the first step. That's, yeah, that's, that's the problem. It seems so unattainable and so unachievable, and and so unrealistic that they can't see the pathway there. Instead yeah. of trying to visualize where you're supposed to go, just you know, trying to achieve those first little steps one at a time, and they all add up. And oh. people, I don't, I don't think people it's really act like that. They try to, you know, climb the mountain first time. They want to shortcut it. Mm. There's no shortcuts. So I had a chat with one of my athletes this morning, and um, she's the same. She's a very good golfer, and um, you know, you're looking at where you want to be, um, and you tr- you're trying to get, you're trying to get your. So the ambitions. So I always talk to athletes. This is a conversation I have with my athletes. Like, what's your ambition? Right? Mm. Is your ambition to be professional? You know, just be a, be a healthier athlete who's, who performs well at their sport. And Apologies. There we go. Take How the phone professionalism. Call. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what's your ambition? Mm-hmm. Do your actions reflect that ambition? Like, are you? A, is this your ambition? Are your actions actually here? So you're not really where you need to be. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, if the ambition's all the way up here, and you don't have good habits in place, and you start trying to drive the actions straight up, straight away, then mm. you're gonna you're gonna falter real quick because it's just too hard to sustain and maintain and. Um, it's just baby steps, patience, all those cliche answers you can think of. It's it's one of those. So. Mm. Yeah, and I'm I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. I know we yep. both are that you always want to achieve more and be the biggest and the best. But it always seems to be, uh, and I guess this comes down to zone two running, like you know, building the the base, the foundation, is building that strong foundation slowly and uh, organically yep. is always the best way for success yep. in anything business. Yeah, yeah, the, the whole lot, hundred percent. And like going back to running, like, so if you do want a a basic running program, so yeah, you can download the app, 
train heroic mm-hmm. um, and once you've set up your account you can go into your settings and go to the my training section of that and you can enter an access code yeah if you enter the access code run beginner you'll get a free four-week program it's just two runs a week very very simple that's for someone who this is for someone who doesn't really run it's yeah two sessions per week um with a three-day break in between that's through your guys' app that you have? Yeah, AI app? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's through that. Through Sounds our, like a lovely little ad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Click yeah. this up. <laughs> through, through our company. Um, so you can, yeah, you can, if you're someone who wants to get into running, um, you don't really have an idea where, where to start, this little beginner program will be perfect. It's four weeks free to take it, use it, don't use it, what it's up to you. Um, and if you're a bit more um, experienced, as an intermediate one. Mm-hmm. So same process, download the app, train heroic. Go to your settings, go to my training and enter the access code and just put run intermediate. Three runs a week, um, a little bit more difficult, but there's it's a zone two in there. Mm. So if someone's trying to run three days a week, you know, you want to have one zone two. Mm. Um, you can do it, definitely want to do one sort of harder one. Yeah. But if you're new to running, I would say two easy a week. Yeah. Two easy zone twos. So zone two on a Monday, for example, you might do a, a sort of like a harder threshold, shorter interval based run on like a Wednesday or a Thursday and then like a, an easy and zone for Saturday. Just briefly for new listeners who uh, maybe haven't heard you talk about zone two, can you sort of talk about zone two uh, and uh, probably the easiest way to measure whether it's in zone two? Yep. So the, if you know nothing about running or nothing about zone two, you should be able to hold a conversation pretty much the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like uh, not so like fluent like we are now, but yeah. you might just have a bit of a pause between you know, every few words. But you should be able to hold a conversation. You're not mm-hmm. out of breath at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, from a heart rate perspective, if you've got a watch, make sure you're wearing a strap. Wrist heart rates are no good when it comes to sort of monitoring this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, you want to be below seventy five percent, eighty percent is what they say. Mm-hmm. But I'm more of like below seventy five percent max well, heart rate. It was very challenging starting to run uh, zone two because you have to really hold yourself back from that nice easy that sort of uh, flowing jog that you sort of like to get into. But uh, once I started doing zone two running, I really noticed. Yeah. Uh, so people think like, so people like like to use that pace as a metric, like mm. I'm running at this pace. But if you get to a hill, you can't run the same yeah. pace because your heart Or a hotter day. Hotter day. Like, yeah, hotter day is a, a classic one. That's, the, that's what people, I get a lot of messages from people who are frustrated with that. Like, uh, I did a zone two like three weeks ago and my, my pace, my heart rate was in the zone and my pace was like six minutes, which was mm. great. I went out two weeks later when I should be fitter um, and I ran and it was like seven minutes. Um, I'm like, well, when did you run? Like, oh, I ran a bit later. It was like 30 plus degree. Yeah. Straight away, you're like, it's, soon, yeah. as, soon as it's hotter, everything's harder. If, 100%. It's, hot, if it's hot, everything's just harder. Yeah. Straight away. Um, and then uh, I mentioned this to you before the pod, like what role does... And is there ways to train around it? Because a heavier person versus a lighter person. Yep. And in general, I'd say a lot of our listeners are very normal people. So they're probably not going to be, you know, a, f- a 50. Wi- skinny, wiry. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're not going to be 50 or 60 kilos running marathons. They're going to be, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100 kilos. So it, there must be uh, ways of training uh, for them and for us like uh, that are going to benefit heavier people more. Or is there a way that you have to train differently around that? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here, but I'll try and keep it brief. Yeah. Stronger athletes, so if you're someone who is a bit heavier, but you strength train and you're a bit stronger, you're going you're gonna to be able to tolerate a bit more. Mm-hmm. If someone who's a little bit heavier, but doesn't really strength train, you'll have a slower approach to how much you can, can you know, take on board. Yeah. Um, 
if you are heavier, like I'm, I'm heavy. So yep. I'm heavy for triathlons. I'm like 85 kilos. Most triathletes are 65, dripping wet. Can't believe so, you said that. AFL's not letting people talk about. That's very. Oh, the way yeah, it's a whole. Other <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> You're fucking that's Jesus. Another, that's, another, that's another one. Yeah. Um, I, there's pros and cons. I get while they're doing that, but anyway, that's another conversation. But um, yeah. So if you are heavier, yeah. Look, initially it's going to be a little bit harder for you to run. You yeah. Every every step you take, there's a certain amount of body weight going through that step. So yeah. the energy demands greater. The energy damage is going to be a little bit greater. Um, especially if you're not strong. Uh, but in that situation, there's plenty of things you can do to work around that. Obviously, you can work on nutrition. You can do a lot of off-legs or like uh, low-impact cardio, so riding a bike, cross-trainer, uh, whatever it may be, swim, things mm-hmm. like that, ellipticals, rowers. Yep. All those things are great. Um, and then, obviously, as your weight slowly comes down over time, nothing drastic, you can start to increase your running demand. Uh, but runners... Running's where you get injured. Most people won't get injured on a bike. Mm. You will not get injured in the pool very rarely unless you're a swimmer, swimming at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only people, only place people break down is the run. So it's because they used to run 10 years ago or five years ago and they pick it up real quick. This is probably the most common thing I've got to say to people. Like, mm. yeah, I want you to move. Like, I don't want to get too complicated with things, but just, just move. Mm. Uh, but just be smart about how quickly you start to progress your running. So, um, but if you are a heavier athlete, yeah, you definitely want to s- slow down the process of how much you could, how much you ramp up your running over time. Um, and the general rule of thumb is twenty percent a week. You don't want to go much more than twenty percent. Whether you're using time or distance, so twenty percent of time is obviously quite easy. Twenty percent of distance is quite easy. Mm-hmm. Um, don't sort of exceed that, and you should be okay. Um, yeah, and just sort of intersperse. Start with one run. Yeah. Build it up to whatever time you want, and then break it down into two half, two smaller runs. Yeah, but yeah, heavier athletes are going to find it a little bit harder, especially with hills. Like hills suck, man. Like yeah, fucking sand nice. sucks. Um, I couldn't believe the difference uh, losing four kilos. It wasn't much. It was like four kilos and running uh, a different run, like the the weight difference. It's only four kilos, but yeah. fuck, the difference was immense. Yeah, and obviously for like I said, for every step that you take, there's a, like, I think when you're saying Bolt's running at, like, his top speed, he's, like, something like seven times his body weight's going through each step. So, you know, if you're running, the quicker you run, the greater the intensity mm. as well. So if you are heavier, it's going to be a little bit harder and a bit more demanding. Mm. Um, but if you're someone who's, like, muscular, um, you, you're going to be able to hold up a lot more and yeah. be a bit more robust. Uh, but, yeah, definitely strength train, Cross train on like off like low impact stuff as well. Mm. Gradually increase your running demand. Yep. Um, yeah, and just just move often. I don't know if you have heard this study recently, so I'm springing it on you. Sorry, yeah, uh, but you might know something to do with it. So there was a study recently that compared cardio versus strength training. Yep. And then also compared strength training versus Sorry, uh, cardio and strength training, yeah. and strength training so was always the yeah. best at fat burning. Yep. Even which was which is strange to me that strength train plus cardio is still not as. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Good. I don't know the makeup of the study. It was only slightly different, but yeah. Yeah, it's, look, I don't know the makeup of the study, but that's so doing strength and conditioning mm-hmm. is concurrent training, so you're doing both at the same time. Mm. There's this weird paradox. So this is how you know, we explain to people. So if you're a runner. Mm-hmm who adds strength training in, mm-hmm. you will get better at running. Yeah. Right? If your, go- if your goal is to run, that is. Mm-hmm. If your goal is to be stronger and you, stre- and you strength train and add running, you'll get weaker. Mm. 
this weird sort of dynamic, right? So, um, and even like the distance between, let's say if you do two sessions in a day, you mm-hmm. do strength and then you do, if you do strength and sort of half an hour later you're doing cardio, yep. you, actually, you actually diminish the effect of the strength session because you start changing signaling pathways. And is that potentially why the fat burning is less when you add cardio? So going to the fat burning side, look, I mean, from my point of view, it's lean muscle mass is going to upregulate your resting metabolic rate. Okay. So I don't know how they were um, deeming or measuring these people's uh, body mm-hmm. composition, but I'll, I'm not talk- Are they talking about in the acute session, or are they talking about over the study? They over found the, that over the study, yeah. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I would just say that depending on how the study was done for the strength and the running mm-hmm. or the conditioning, if they did the session strength first, conditioning straight afterwards. Mm. That might be the reason why the fact that they weren't actually developing as much muscle mass as they could because of they were interfering that effect of the session. So the, so the cardio doesn't help burn fat at all, or no? So like cardio, you you can definitely become more efficient at burning fat by doing like low intense cardio, keeping the heart rate low. Zone two is a really good class. You might hear people say fat adaptive training, or mm-hmm. you increase your fat burning when you run. There's, there is some tr- there's obviously some truth to that, um, but in regards to the study, I'm not. Sh- I need to. Need to see the yeah. parameters, um, but essentially you're using more fat as a fuel source at low intensity. Obviously, the higher intensity using more sort of carbohydrates as a fuel source. Ah. Um, so it depends on like, yeah. So um, as a general rule of thumb, the low intensity uses fat as its uh, primarily. Fuel you you always use both. You'll always use carbohydrates and you'll always use fats at different percentages. Ah. So at the Extreme scale. Let's say you're going like. Let's say you just went for a walk. Mm. You're using like 98 percent body fat and two percent carbs. Obviously, as it's just an inverse relationship with carb time and intensity. So intensity goes up, carbohydrate utilization goes up. Mm. Um, as intensity comes down, carbohydrate utilization goes down. Yeah, um, you use more fat as a fuel, but you're always going to be burning both um, at at the same time. So mm. it's a funny one. But um, so yeah. carbs is always an interesting thing as well conversation because. Carbs, like what if it's processed sugars and <laughs> and food like that? It's very different, isn't it? This is where I cop a. Oh, I don't know. Well, this is my philosophy has ebbed and flowed over the years. Mm-hmm. So I'm a qualified nutritionist. Um, I've you know, done every type of diet you can think of to to the extreme, apart from probably the carnivore. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, a big genetic component to how people respond to food. Like, you know, I'm never going to be a skinny, wiry you know, 56, 60 kilo person, that's just not in my makeup. Yep. Um, there are people who are just heavier. Mm-hmm. Generally, there are people who are wiry, there are people who are quicker, people mm-hmm. who are strong. They were all wired slightly differently, but yeah. um, I'm probably, I want to say I'm on the fence, but I, I just feel like if I had to put my house on it, um, refi- refined carbs, we know refined carbs don't respond, we don't respond well to those, they're not healthy for you. Yep. Um, but I, I'm not a big believer that it's just calories in, calories out and this is where like if you're a nutritionist you're probably thinking what is this guy talking about uh, how can you say that like I just feel like the the biochem of our body is a bit more complicated than just like we don't have a calorie receptor like how does it like if you eat you know a thousand, is this the a, calorie deficit the, yeah, that people the talk about deficit, yeah so if you eat a thousand calories of donuts versus a thousand calories of sweet potato like there's a different response in the body yeah like there's I'm telling you right now just, just try it just eat 
a load of crap refined food and see how you feel. Yeah. Versus eating some like quality carbohydrates. So there is a quality. There's, there has to be. There has to be a quality component. Because surely your body's putting energy into breaking down this fucking disgusting refined food. Whereas if it's a naturally occurring food, there's less effort for the body to break it down. Is like that's just my simple simplistic no, thoughts. It's or? also what it's for me. Like it's a lot of how the body reacts from a hormonal standpoint. Like oh yeah. What's so you? I oh, see so you're going down the science point. <laughs> so, so you can't get type two diabetes yeah. if you don't eat shitty carbohydrates. Mm. So and that's and that's a hormonal response, like it's an insulin response. So there's the classic debate of like there's two there's two camps. Mm. There's a camp that says it's hormonal, so it's insulin related. So mm. if you eat lots of sugary food, obviously insulin uh, is constantly being spiked. You get hyperinsulinemia, your body doesn't um, absorb sugars properly, and then you get diabetes, and you, someone cuts your foot off like 20 years later. Mm. Right? And then there's the component of, no, it's, it's calories in, calories out. Mm. So if you just have to eat less calories than your body needs, um, we can figure out how much you need by your height, your weight, your body mass, your lean mass, um, how fit you are, and how much you move. So we can figure that out. Um, but then it's like, well, how does my body know it's getting you know, 2,000 calories. Like, there's no measuring stick in my body. There's no calorie receptor saying, yeah, we're going to... It just partitions fuel mm. where it needs it. So if I need to repair some muscle mass, it would go over there. If I need to make some sex hormones from fat, it would go over there. Um, so yeah, I'm sort of... I've gone... I used to be like calories in, calories out. 10 mm. years. This is it. Yep. Calories in. Just, just eat less food than you need. But if I need 2,000 calories a day and I'm eating 800 Cal- um, calories of donuts a day you're mm. not, I don't think you're going to lose weight nah. I put my house on it uh, but the hardest thing to do with research and, so- and nutrition is you can't control it like you just can't there's you see that documentary that's came out on Netflix um, oh. you are what you eat yeah. yes oh my god it's one of the worst documentaries I think I've ever seen I was so excited to watch it same I, I like, watched the first 30 minutes and uh, I was like okay this is clearly I'm funded like, by vegans and then uh, and then secondly like even the food they gave for example the, the herbivores oh, they gave like Sausages and like corn or something like, and what the fuck? That's not meat, mate. I was, I, I saw it. I was like, I'm actually excited because they started out. It sounded all right at the start. Like, yeah, look, we're gonna get two twins. Like, if you get twins, fantastic. That's that's awesome, right? Yeah, twins. We're gonna feed them two different diets, um, and then we're gonna get some results from the study. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, how good? They're, someone's actually doing this. Yeah. And then it just evolved into like this bashing on meat, and then like the people they weren't controlling the training. There was the food that the the quality of meat that people were getting wasn't great. It wasn't like grass fed. They're getting all this shit fucking meat. I'm just like, it's almost like they're trying to indoctrinate the nation to make sure they start to have lab grown meat and start eating bugs. Corey, I know. Jeez. Like the first four weeks was good. Like they, I mean, it wasn't great, but like they got their meals delivered to them. Yeah, you just, you just eat this. Yeah, right. How, how hard is that? You, you can't mess it up. Yeah, some people would have been cheating a little bit, but they they're getting most of these meals right. Yeah. The next four weeks is um, you're going to go out. We give you a shopping list. You're going to go out and buy your food, and you're going to you're going to shop and do mm. that. And in the last four weeks, you're on your own doing sort of doing just following the diet as best you can. Mm. And it's obviously a short study, but it just it just evolved into an absolute crap fest of just misinformation. Like the the quality of food they were eating wasn't great towards the end. Mm. People weren't controlling exercise. They weren't control. They didn't control for. I mean, it's it's so hard to. But the, the point is, it's very hard to do all that. Yeah. Unless you lock someone in a room and that you tell them how to, when they're sleeping, what they're eating. Um, but what interests me, and they use that this same example in that documentary, as I see in carnivore documentaries, uh, and vegan documentaries, whatever. It's always like, ah, oh, doctors used to promote cigarettes for health. Yeah. They're all using the same argument. Yeah. 
what I have noticed is that they all claim, so like a, a hardcore vegan will claim that they can cure type 2 diabetes yep. and a hardcore carnivore will claim that they can cure type 2 diabetes. Yes. They can because they're not eating crappy refined carbohydrates. That's they're, ex- they're both doing the same thing. That's exactly right. You're getting rid of all this fucking bullshit that you're normally eating. That's yeah. pretty fucking simple, isn't it? Well, you would think so. Uh, you, <laughs> I think like, there's too much money in type two di- type two diabetes. Oh, mate, it's it is one of the biggest multi million dollar multi billion dollar businesses going around. But mm. and that's you hit the nail on the head. Everyone who's on a diet wants to be healthier, mm. right? There's, there's, that's the only reason why you go into a healthier diet. Mm-hmm. People, this is how I'm going to break it down for you. If you eat real food, genuinely real food from like organic, but if you can afford to, organic source uh, meats and eggs and all sorts of stuff. Yep. Um, I'm not trying to eat too much farm, fish, crap, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're eating good quality foods, reduce your refined carbohydrates, refined sugars, all the, <laughs> ob- all the obvious stuff, lollies, chips, you know, you know, refined breads and stuff like that, you're going to be pretty healthy. And just move a little bit. Just move four or five times a week for half an hour a day. That's pretty much it. It's, it's, not, it's not complicated, but... <laughs> This documentary. No, was, you are a fucking misogynist. <laughs> you are a racist. You are you are pushing against the wrong people here, mate. Yeah, and it's and like just because a doctor's saying it doesn't make it right. It's just like the the, the doco had so many flaws. I actually I actually watched it in Sydney um, mm. when I was in Hollywood with um, a couple of friends of mine, and the guy who's my partner's friend was sitting there watching, it and we were both just like, "This is so misinformed." I had to, um, I had to turn it off. Yeah, I, I was. I was very optimistic. I was like, oh, yeah. this is going to be really good. Like, and then it just evolved into this bashing on meat and like, and look, vegans like hundred percent. Like, and what I hate now is everything is labeled as vegan. Like yeah. wine is now vegan. Like it was always vegan. Like it's just, mm. um, they're putting like sugar's vegan, mm. we, like, but it's sugar's not healthy. So if you're eating lots of sugar, <laughs> it's, it's not a healthy thing. So um, it's funny, but like the point you made is that if you want to reduce being overweight and diabetes and things like that, mm. Be a, be a carnivore or be a vegan because you, you're going to get the same result because you're not eating the crap that gives you diabetes. Mm. I guess uh, the argument you could make for the carnivore, you might have a little more energy in certain or it potentially it's easier, bio, more bioavailable, some of the... Uh, and you just reminded me about the, the muscle mass. So yep. they obviously assessed their muscle mass um, between the two twins yep. over the study, over the 12 weeks. And like the vegan, um, they were like, oh, you got some really good results. You... I think she put on like, I can't remember the exact, don't quote me on it, but it was like she put on two or 1.5 pounds of muscle or something like mm-hmm. that. But her sibling who was on the meat diet put on like seven pounds mm-hmm. of lean mass. And I was like, well, and I, but I, I don't know what they're doing training wise. They didn't, they didn't tell us what they were doing yeah. from a training standpoint. Like one, one pair of twins were doing proper strength training with somebody, but we didn't see what the other ones were doing. So I don't mm-hmm. know if there was a, a training element. I'm sure there was, but... I was, and they made like this really good case for the vegan, like putting on muscle mass. You can't, you can't put on muscle mass with being a vegan. I'm, uh, I'm like, yeah, but she put on four times the amount. <laughs> I'm like, do you want to highlight that? Like, and they sort of like brushed off. Yeah, like, and because these guys, they weren't even carnivore; they were herbivore. So yeah, both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what the meats I seen them eating, like, and I turned it off pretty quickly as soon as I seen them. They were giving them sausages. I know, and I was like, that's not meat. <laughs> and that's that's, that's not well, meat. well, like, I, it's meat, but it's. And, and not, there's loosely, a lot of shit in that sausage. It's loosely called meat. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't feed it to many no. people going, oh, this is a balanced, healthy diet. Like, yeah. Even when they say, oh, you've got beef sausages, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah what yeah. part of the yeah. beef? Like, and you look at the packet, it's like, oh, yeah, it's 15% beef. Yeah. Like, what's in the rest of it? Mm, exactly. Um, but, like, but yeah, you're very like good quality meats, uh, grass fed, mm. all sorts of stuff. Like, yeah, I don't the, think- when it comes down to that stuff, the grass fed, that is vitally important to it being healthier. But it's also 
that's when the price does start to jump up. 100%. And after being a vegetarian for six years and yeah. going back to meat this year, yeah. did meat suddenly increase in price over the last few years? Because yeah. yeah. I was fucking gobsmacked it's at the prices. Or maybe I just got used to not like no. spending 80 bucks at a grocer's and being like, yeah, i got a week's worth of food. Well, if, if you're a vegan, I reckon you can get away with 100 bucks a week and uh, ten, get, get all your shopping done, I reckon. 10,000%. 10,000. <laughs> I, I was spending 84 and I was like, I can't finish it. I know, all right? And we eat, we eat relatively well in our house. Mm. Our, between two people, I'm, I'm spending 300 bucks a week. Yeah. 350 a week. On, it's a lot of money on food mm. now. If we went vegan, it'd be a lot cheaper. Um, but I just I just know the, the benefits of you know feeling better and you know muscle mass. Yeah, and things. people were like, oh, I th- thought it would have been expensive, you know, eating vegan. And I was like, no, well, vegetarian. And I was like, no, well, I wasn't eating shit. Like I eventually was, to be fair. Actually, I went to that point. But while I was eating, just I was going to the vegetable section in the grocery store and just buying vegetables. Yeah, yeah. it was like, yeah, it wasn't very expensive. No, veg- vegetables are very cheap. Yeah. Um, you've had obviously the guy who was on here who talked about you know, vegetables would kill you. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's Anthony. A, yeah, Anthony. So I would love to actually have you two both sit down because he's he's still very he's very smart with what he talks about, and it'd be great to hear people have an open dialogue. So maybe halfway through the year we can actually facilitate that. That'd yeah, be, look, I'm, I'm keen to see. Yeah. That. I'm, I'm easy, but um, yeah, look, I think um, a lot of his stuff is good. Like I, I agree with yeah, majority of what he's saying. Yeah, um, and uh, there's a good to, there is really good reason for that. Mm. Um, I just don't think um. If we start saying and excluding like a whole demographic of food, uh, it's going to be very. People are very confused of what they need to eat right now. Yeah, people are very confused of what what should I actually eat. Um, so if we just keep it to very simple, eat whole foods, eat real foods, just real foods, um, as much as you possibly can. We all love a Big Mac. We all love a bit of takeaway from time to time. Still do that. You're still human. Enjoy those foods. Not me for uh, seventy five days. Yeah, well, not for seventy five days. But <laughs> after that, you'll have one. Yeah, um, and that's the thing as well. Like I think just. Another thing I was talking to Anthony about this morning is like, if you want to have a Big Mac that's your favorite thing to eat, have it once a week. Well, it's not going to kill you. Like, it's yeah. you don't get fat from one meal. Mm. Um, so just just enjoy it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, the the essence is, is just is understanding the philosophy behind how you eat, why you eat, and the mm-hmm. emotional stuff. And the philosophy is it's just don't eat too much refined stuff, and you'll generally be okay. And there's there's very limited research on the effects of the long term stuff. Of like, obviously we know. Um, Studies, you can't, there's a lot of people out there on socials like being very deterministic about this. We know that calories in, calories out is the answer because they've done trials where they've done exactly isocaloric mm. meals and they've they've eaten like, you know, half carbs and a bit fat and a bit of protein and some just ate, you know, no carbs and they calorie matched them and stuff. But there's, they're so short, they're so flawed. There's, they're fudd- usually fudded by someone else. Um, mm. If it's a randomized controlled trial, it's obviously, it's a, better quality study but it's just so hard to do good nutrition science and it's going to be uh I, i'm on the fence of like i try and cover both bases mm. so, okay if you think it's the calories in calories out great let's just fill that with really good quality food i would still argue that you could eat more than you need on good quality food and still lose weight mm. and, it'll, and it's not lose weight per se but your body composition would change that's mm. that's how i feel after doing this for a long long time and it doesn't mean i'm right but uh, it, it's hard to prove but yeah but it is so difficult to avoid all of the not necessarily the processed foods you can be disciplined and avoid them but then even then when you're getting your vegetables uh from a grocery store you you know, you're ingesting things that have been sprayed with all sorts of pesticides. Yep. Um, fuck, even stuff like, you know, and I said this a few weeks ago, your, your toothpastes, the, the the deodorants we're putting on under our arms, <laughs> like they're all 
adding to these poisons that we're putting in our system and our body's working fucking overtime to try and yeah. you know, process it. So if if you can't avoid all of it, at least just do the bare minimum and eat as as uh, I guess balanced as you possibly can and eat uh, as whole food uh, as much whole food as you possibly can. Yeah, balance the words like the word balance you use there gets thrown in a lot. Like the current guidelines are 45 to 65% of your diet should be carbohydrates and whole grains. That's not balanced. That's that's highly biased towards one side. And then mm. obviously the you know 20% of your diet should be made of fats and the rest should be pro- 30% of protein basically. Mm. Um, that's not balanced. Balance would be 33 each way, um, carbs, fats and proteins. Yeah. That's balanced. But balance is we were told, and look, we're just not in a healthy state. Mm. Um, seven out of 10 people are overweight. Um, it's, it's pretty bad. But... And this, but this comes down to also like uh, it doesn't come down to just like it, not everyone's in the right m- mindset. Sometimes like people have bad days. They're yeah. fucking they, they hate their job. Yep. Uh, everything comes down to it. They're like I just can't be fucked tonight. I'm getting takeaway. Yep. I am doing this. I am gonna eat Do like it. shit. <laughs> it happens, but yeah. it's when it's like it becomes a cycle. That's yeah. when it becomes the problem. Yeah. And um and it's not as simple as that for some people as no. it, but it and this is where it comes back to what we talked about before, baby steps. Yep. Maybe it's two days a week, eat healthy, maybe it's three days a week, and then slowly work your way up. And like I said, momentum builds yeah. and you start getting addicted. It's like feeling good. Yes. It's like the healthy habits become an addiction. Now, I'm never going to say you should be addicted to anything, but some healthy... You're going to be addicted to something, be addicted to health. Some addictions are healthy. <laughs> and like, healthier um, than others, yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I guess you can turn anything into addiction, but I'd rather have some healthy habits as an addiction. But Yeah, um, I, think, I think when people come out of their normal phase fog of like their life and, and they start to live healthier... Mm. Once you start to get those results and feel better, it's very hard to mm. go back. You, 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 you will definitely. Everyone will backslide. A fucking oath. You will definitely. I will 100%. put everything I own on it. You will definitely backslide at some point. But mm. you know what it did feel like, and you will definitely. You will eventually get back to where you were. And uh, and over years, it's just trial and error. You get a bit better each year, and um, before you know it, you are living a healthier lifestyle. But um, it has to be developed over time. And one hundred percent small habits. If you haven't read the book Atomic Habits, great one. Mm. Read it. Um, um, apply it. Um, so yeah, just setting yourself up for success that is is key. So make life as simple as possible. I t- definitely agree with the backsliding. Like uh, I wouldn't say I've one of these incredible body transformations because I never I never blew out blew out, but I definitely got the dad bod going. It was very relevant. Rele- yeah, very obvious to me. Uh, there's two moments <laughs> that I realised I got a dad bod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one, I was playing golf with you. Yeah, <laughs> and you went. Try to think. You just no. It's just a throwaway comment. It's yeah. just a lad's talking shit. But yeah. you're like, "What the fuck is that, man?" <laughs> What's my gut was my gut was hanging over my shorts a little bit. Um, and I was at a wedding, and I took off my shirt around a heap of the lads who play footy at West Perth Steel. Yeah. And I was like, fat "Oh, shaming, fat shaming, mate. We can't do that. Stop it." I it wasn't fat shaming. I just seen, and I went, "Oh, yeah, yeah. something's happened." And so from the, from that point, and I go back to the backsliding. Um, I started to slowly implement um, some changes in, in health, and it took a couple of little aha moments where I was like, "Yeah, this isn't this isn't good. You're preaching being healthy, and you're not living it." We talked about before preaching what you're uh, you're living. Practice what you preach. Little, yep, exactly. But uh, I definitely had moments where I fell back. As the same with me getting off weed. Yep. I had like I got rid. I got off weed, and I had moments where I went, "No, I went back for two weeks," and then 
get back on and then and then go four months without it and then get back on and oh, I'm about like fuck I don't nine months without smoking yeah. um I'm I'm three weeks without drinking you yeah. know I don't know how long the drinking will last that's yeah. I feel fucking incredible that's the biggest impact yeah biggest change I've the longer ever you felt. go the easier it'll get but yeah like it's um I, I said to him, I'm never going to give up drinking. Yeah. Because I, I, I do like the occasion of wine. Um, I'm yeah. never going to say never. Yeah, nothing nothing in absolutes. Nothing, absolutely, no, no, nothing. absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing in absolutes. My whole my whole life has been trying to find the grey area. Like, yeah. I'm either usually all in or all, all out. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, I've been severely heavy and overweight and sick and un- unhealthy. After my first Ironman, mm. I, was after my, I did a bit of powerlifting for a bit um, and I went to America for like six weeks. Mm. Gained, I gained 13 kilos. Thank you, America. In uh, <laughs> How in can you six, not there, man? Like in six weeks. Six weeks, I gained 13 kilos. And I came back and I started like, what happened to you? Like, America happened, baby. Um, Did you go to Cheesecake Factory? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I know what it's like to be overweight and unhealthy. And I like eating whatever I want. Mm. I love eating whatever I want. Mm. It's like when you're on holiday. like And that was my early 20s. Mm. Um, but every holiday I have now, it's not, now it's a lifestyle. Like yeah. now I just want to feel good and be healthy. And, mm-hmm. um, in my twenties, when I traveled, I didn't exercise. Yeah. Like in my early twenties, I, I just traveled for six weeks. I did not, ex- I might exercise once or twice, but I, I didn't make it a, a, mm-hmm. a weekly habit. Now when I, ex- now when I travel, I just make a point of getting up, go and do something for half an hour, 45 minutes. And it's usually like, I did a bit of bodybuilding for a little bit back in the day. Um, after Ironman, I love just training on machines and just do crap stuff that I don't like my athletes to do. Just mm. it's something di- I like it. It's enjoyable. It's easy. Mm. Um, so just just make sure you're going through those enjoyable moments with your training and stuff as well. So, hundred percent. Yep, uh, definitely agree with that. Everything uh, everything in moderation, bit of balance, and I like to go about eighty twenty. Yep, eighty percent of fucking just get it get it right, and then just allow for a little bit of yeah, a bit of uh, and I've said this before, uh, a bit of rascal. A bit yeah. of rascal that uh, Alan Watts uh, always talks about. The element of irreducible rascality is what makes us humans, is what he said. And I think that. having that little bit of room for movement is is what makes us human. So. Yeah, and it's it's a, just achievable. Like, and you hear people say all the time, if you can't if you can't sustain it, so this is the hard seventy five hard. Mm. If you can't sustain it, probably shouldn't start it. But there are exceptions to the rule, as always, and. I think if you uh, know what you're getting into, know why you're doing it, yeah. um, and like it's like so fasting after over Ironman, I usually fast for two or three days. I do oh, a yeah. min- I do a minimum two day fast mm-hmm. every year. I've done water th- fast, yeah, just water only yep. with salt in it. Obviously, I always do a three day fast. Apart from this year, I just did a two day because mm-hmm. I was much healthier going into the the last sort of few days. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's it's good to do those sorts of things every now and then, mm. uh, but they're not something that you want to put in all the time. Um, yeah, and find the balance around your, your training and nutrition, and um, just don't overcomplicate it. One hundred percent. This has been very nice, Corey. Yeah, it's, it's been good. Thank you very much. You mate. do have to bounce, so we'll uh, finish up. But uh, anything else you want to plug? I know you talked about uh, AI, uh, the that training program before. Yeah, so jump on if you want to just jump a free running program. Just you know, go like so, go back and listen to that. Uh, put the running program in for free. Um, give it a try. Um, Obviously, you give them something to you for free. So, if you want to follow us in the gram, you can, Athletic Institute. Um, yeah, but other than that, just um, don't overcomplicate things. Just move a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, eat less refined foods. If you sleep pretty good, you'll lose a bit of weight from sleeping better. Mm-hmm. Um, reduce alcohol and caffeine. and um, But it really depends on what you want to do. Um, you make the choice. 
Seems pretty simple, Corey. Yeah. If only uh, people listen. But all right, um, absolute legend. Thanks so much for uh, today's episode. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll, someone learnt something. Out yeah. There. Fuck yeah. Well, I'll get you on with uh, Anthony Chafee. That will be that'll be pretty good. Yeah. When maybe when Delby goes away uh, again, we'll do it again. Yeah. Sounds good. Awesome. Cheers. Thanks, Matt. All right.